I'm now going to read some very well-known uh, words to you from Acts chapter 2, starting at verse 42. Acts chapter 2, verse 42. This is just after Peter had preached the first sermon, and around about 3,000 people had responded. And it says this is what they did. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to breaking of bread, and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. And every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. And we ask you, Father, to come and just reveal truth to my heart and our hearts as we look at just a few of these words. Come, Father. I'm going to look particularly at the phrase, all the believers were together and had everything in common. <clears throat> I believe this applies to us as a church, but also applies to Richard and Lorna as they start their new life. When Leslie and I moved up to Kettering about three years ago, we had been living in a four-bedroom church house. And when we first moved here, we moved into a one-bedroomed um, rental property with all our possessions. <coughs> now, the really good thing about this rental property was for the first time in my life, I had my dr one of my dreams fulfilled. And that was I had a garage. Coming from central London, you just didn't have garages. And many of our possessions went into the garage. And at the back of the garage was my blue bike. Because we didn't know Kettering at all, and because unlike central London it had hills, we decided that we would sort of drive everywhere. And then we discovered people live in outlying villages and places like that. And so my bike just stayed at the back of the garage. After a few months, it moved from one garage to our new house and into the garage there. And after a few months, I thought I can now start riding my bike again. So I went to get it, and obviously the tires were flat, so I pumped up the tires. It had been sitting in a garage now for maybe 18 months, and it was covered in dust and dirt. And so I brushed it all off, cleaned it up, made sure the brakes worked, oiled the chain, um, oiled other bits of the bike, and it was ready to go. About an hour later, I discovered there was one other part of the sort of whole bicycle experience that hadn't been quite so ready to go. As I got off, and discovered that I hadn't used a lot of my muscles for a long time. <laughs> and uh, I realized not only did I have to get the bike ready, but I should have spent a little bit more time on getting me ready before I decided to go riding up and down hills for an hour. And <clears throat> when we look at these verses, all the believers were together and had everything in common. I believe that 
My bike story is incredibly relevant to us as a church and as you begin your marriage. Because at one time, those verses would have been just natural to us. We, would, we, we knew what it was to be together as a community. Um, this week, <coughs> we met as a steering group. Adrian and I have a, a group of people which uh, include, this was a silly mistake, um, Becky, Leslie, Susie. <laughs> no, it's what I could see, I just couldn't say. <laughs> ben, Peter, um, Adrian, I, and Olu. And we meet together just to talk about how to move forward as a church. And one of the things that we were talking about was what, <coughs> what church used to look like pre-COVID. Because COVID, we mustn't underestimate the damage it has done in all our abilities to socialize. The anxiety it has given many people now meeting in crowds, whereas you've had quite a long time of just being at home, either with just your family or just on your own. And what it has done to life. And as we talked, talked about uh, what we could be doing as a church, stories came back of <coughs> things Open Door used to do. Obviously, we've only been here three years, and most of that was COVID now. So Leslie and I didn't, I didn't know anything about it. In terms of camps and meals, um, events they put on, and I thought about you know, my previous church, events that we used to do and things that we used to do and how we sort of were together as a community. And I think the danger is that as we come back and we reread these verses, we just think, oh, we'll slip back into it. But we've got to pump up the tires, we've got to dust off the bike, and we've got to prepare ourselves a little bit more to rediscover something of what it is to be community together, to be those who are sharing <coughs> a commonality of being open door together. We've had you know, a couple of years of sitting in our living rooms being open door, of watching a screen and being open door. And now we've got to rediscover not just what we did in the past, but how we can grow and mature in the future in being a community together. And first of all, <coughs> the verse says, it was all the believers. And this is talking about the church of Jesus Christ. Those who know what it is to have Jesus as Lord of their lives. Those who know what it is to be forgiven by Jesus. Those who know what it is to have known what it, to come before God and say, God, I need your help. God, I'm sorry for what I've done wrong. Or as I pray, God, scrub my brains out. Give me another chance. And encountering God being filled with the Holy Spirit, having been baptized into his body. This was the church of God. It is a different community. It's different to the football team. I went to see Kettering Town the other day, the football club, football. I was pleasantly surprised. I was shocked by two things. One, I clearly didn't know the uniform and I had not turned up in a black anorak. <coughs> in fact, for my 60th birthday many years ago, I, I had a very posh coat bought for me, and it's really warm, so I thought I'd go in that, and boy, did I feel out of place. <coughs> the other, and I've never, ever been to a football match that, that has done this before. 
half time I'm in the Kettering crowd everyone disappears now as it happened I had to make a couple of phone calls so that was quite good so I went off to the corner made my phone calls came back to watch the second half and I thought they've gone the crowd has gone and not only that this lot seemed to be supporting Kidderminster and for the first time in my whole life was going to football the crowd changed end as well it's like really weird and I'm at the wrong end suddenly I have never been to a sort of football match where the crowd changes end with the team it was bizarre so if you ever go to Kettering half time walk to the other end <coughs> church is not that community and our songs are so much better than theirs <coughs> my son when we came to Kettering directed us to James Ancaster James Ancaster and his uh, Kettering Town football chant. I didn't realise that was the only Kettering Town football chant. <laughs> and Kidderminster were just so much more creative. Anyway, this is a church. It's not a club. It's not a book club. It's not a football club. It's not a craft club. It is the church of Jesus Christ. It is a completely different community and it's, it's all the believers were together <coughs> what we do know of this contingent of believers it was 3,000 people many of whom didn't know each other because they came from all parts of the world they spoke different languages they had would have had different traditions when Peter is preaching the crowd is amazed because they say hey this is odd we're hearing it in our own language so we know there were different languages, there were different nations represented, although the majority would have been Jews. But they were together in unity, in the diversity, because they were joined by the Holy Spirit. And that is what unites us. The Holy Spirit, that we have been born again, we have been filled with the Holy Spirit. We are joined too by the, the truth now there are varieties within the Christian faith there are some things that we hold very very tightly Jesus Christ as Lord we hold very tightly the Trinity of Father Son and Holy Spirit of being baptized in the Holy Spirit the gifts of the Spirit of our need to reach the world but when it comes to the book of Revelation anyone want to give the complete explanation of what that means hands up no I'm a wait and seeist I know it's gonna happen I know it's gonna be good and I know when we get there in the end it's gonna be fantastic how it happens I do not know but you know I'm going to eat my lunch today how it's digested I haven't a clue all I know is it will make me fulfill full, it will taste lovely, and it will give me some life and some energy. There are things that we hold dearly and tightly. There are other things that we hold much more loosely. But we are united by the truth. They were also physically close. Every day in the temple, they met together. And at home, they, were eat they ate together as well. 
Have you ever thought about what it means to meet every day in the temple for these guys? Because mostly your mind defaults to the fact, well, it was okay because they didn't have any jobs. <laughs> but if they didn't have any jobs, they didn't have any benefits either <laughs> in those days. So how did they eat? How did they afford it? So they must have had jobs and probably we certainly know later on in the church a huge number of them were slaves but they managed to meet together and I think we have a lot to learn going forward about what it means to meet together in in our previous church we had a couple of years where once a month we prayed from 10 in the evening till 6 in the morning on a Friday night going through to Saturday morning 10 till 6 and uh, they were fantastic times and some parents sort of like well one of us will come from 10 to, to, to 12 the other one will come 12 till 6 because um, we got to have the children at home etc other parents just said hey this is a night out for the kids and so in the corner as we're all praying in the corner of the room there'll be kids messing around and then they'll be in their sleeping bags going to sleep you think yeah why not make it an adventure for them because prayer is an adventure prayer is not a dull boring time it should be full because we're talking to God we're hearing from God we're in the presence of God so our kids can come and sleep on the floor that is absolutely fine it's going to be interesting exciting and fulfilling as we work out how we can be together more often they had everything in common <coughs> now there again what does that actually mean what we do know is that they had their own possessions because later on it talks about people sold possessions and gave to those who were in need so they clearly had their own possessions they had their own homes because people went to eat together in the homes so this wasn't just a 3,000 strong single community although that is a valid way of living as some of you here will know but it was a community together with a heart that everything can be shared and through covid we've seen that um you know during lockdown we were locked down but as we come out of it and different people have had covid and people have dropped round and left <laughs> left flowers on the doorstep the meals on the doorsteps and sort of i don't know if anyone's ever ever did this but you know you've got covid so i'll pass you the plate on a shovel <laughs> keep me show social distance knock on the door shovel through the door um <coughs> I've borrowed drainage rods from, from uh, Gareth. I had a blocked drain. Didn't solve it, but I tried. And there's been this sharing around. But as we move forward, we want to have more and more in common. Leslie and I have been very fortunate to experience, um, particularly West African and North African, hospitality where time is just different to ours 
We run on time, they run on relationships. And to be honest, relationships are much better than time. <laughs> we've, got, we've got things to learn from one another. And for many of us, we need, we're going to need to stretch out of our Western individualistic home is our castle type of modes. And we can't just jump straight back on the bike because we've got to reimagine re what that looks like. We've got to replan what it looks like. We've got to re-strengthen what it looks like. I've, I've, I'm quite an introvert anyway, but I've quite enjoyed the amount of time it's just been Leslie and I. Um, it was so funny, two Christmases ago, one Christmas ago, when for the first time in my life, it was just Leslie and I on Christmas Day. And you know, you sort of, if I'd thought about it a couple of years earlier, I would have thought, that is awful, just the two of us, Christmas Day. Actually, Actually, it was quite nice. <laughs> and I've got used to the amount of time that I've had spare. And I've got to, I've got to redevelop some of my community muscles. I know that very much. <clears throat> they shared their life. They met in their homes. They ate together. They prayed together. They broke bread together. And I think one of the things we're going to have to relearn is to distinguish between friendship and fellowship. Sorry, that's Leslie's phone. <laughs> and it's our daughter probably saying, where's Auntie Sue's house? Which is in the middle of nowhere. And uh, they're looking for you want to answer it, <laughs> just in case it is. <laughs> no. And they're going down to see my dad, um, who on the 28th of February is 100 years old. So, <coughs> anyway, back. I think we've got to distinguish, we've got to learn to distinguish between friendship and fellowship. And the reason for that is a lot of the time in COVID, the church has operated under friendship. That is, the people that you know well, the people that we are friends with, You've found out about them. You've <coughs> provided meals for them. You've taken flowers for them. You've dropped off chocolates for them. You've perhaps looked after your kids. But you've done it in the circle of friendship. And that has been excellent. And it's been great. The trouble is, if a church operates just on friendship, you develop lots of cliques within the church. That's what happens. But COVID has compelled us really to operate in friendship and we've got to learn again the distinction of fellowship um, <coughs> when COVID first hit Adrian and I um, sort of divided up the list of church members and said okay you you phone this list you phone this list which was great because it just meant everyone was contacted the problem for me was I hadn't been here very long and uh, there were one or two people, it's like, uh, you're a s 
So I'll get a name on the list, I think. I've spoken to them once. You're a single girl in your early 20s, and I'm, an, I'm a bloke in my 60s, and I'm phoning up and saying, how are you? Now, for me, that just felt weird, right? And a little bit creepy. <laughs> Hi, I'm Dave. You may have seen me at the front. We've spoken once. How are you? And part of me is thinking, I hope they've either got a really big problem and say, oh, I'm glad you phoned. You can solve this problem. Or they say, I'm fine, thanks. Thanks for ringing. Bye. <laughs> got it. Because there wasn't the friendship there. But the fellowship is about recognizing we are united in Jesus. We are his body. We are his church. And we should and do care for one another, irrespective of whether we know one another well. We should be able, because we are united in Jesus, to be able to come and be in a bigger gathering and no matter who you're sitting next to, pray with them. You should be able to encourage anyone. You should be able to bring words of knowledge and prophecy and encouragement to anyone within, in and across the church. If a church runs just on fellowship, you lose some of the sense of intimacy. You lose some of the sense of being close. If it runs just on friendship, you end up running into cliques. A church needs friendship and it needs fellowship. Friendship is the people that you know, people that you have a history with, people you've done things with, people you've laughed with, people you've cried with. Fellowship is the people that you are united to Jesus in, who you can care for, you can laugh with, and you can cry with, you can pray for, but you may never know them well. And the church needs friendship and fellowship. Do you understand that? Does it make sense? Can you please nod a little more? Cause, or, or shake your head. But I think we've got to just remind ourselves that we need friendship, but we need fellowship. And when the two work together, church works together well. So, <coughs> what does all this mean for Open Door? How are we going to move forward in this? <coughs> Firstly, February the 23rd, we have a family meeting. <laughs> hey, Vanessa, can you just remember what I say next? Because I didn't, <laughs> I haven't written it down and I'll forget. And at the family meeting, we shall get some, we shall have some donuts, we will have coffee, and we will have fruit for those whose sugar is a serious inhibition to them. Okay? So we'll, and we won't just have a meeting, we will have coffee, donuts, fruit, and we will sit and chat and fellowship together. See, if you come just as a friend, you'll talk to just the people you know. If you come with the aim of fellowship, you'll talk to anybody and everybody. And uh, February 23rd, we will have our family meeting. We will have some things talking about the um, way forward, etc. But it will be a chance for us to meet and talk together. March the 26th, 3 till 7, we're going to be in the building. We're going to have bouncy castle and stuff up in the party place over there. We can have games and competitions over in the youth room up there. In here we're going to have craft, etc. Um, and even we have craft competition time. That's coming together. And then in here 
we'll have a meal, we'll have some social space, and then hopefully um, during, the, during the sort of last hour, we will have entertainment and fun from the stage. That is March the 26th, our time together. And then we're having <coughs> from um, 27th, the end of March, we're having Easter at Open Door. And what we're looking to do is that we'll have Wednesday night here for five weeks from, I think it's the 23rd, 24th um, of March, but the num date will come out definitely. I didn't write it down here. And Wednesday evening, we will just look together at the Easter story. Again, we'll have discussions, we'll have chance to meet one another, and uh, we'll look at in depth at the Easter story. So to begin with for this term, the family meeting, March 26th, and Easter Open Door is all chance for us to grow in friendship and fellowship and to oil the wheels again of being a community together. That's what we want to be. Because these verses, all the believers were together and had everything in common. We're a bit like my bike. You never forget to ride it, never forget how to ride it. But when you get on it for the first time for a couple of years, man, those muscles, you begin to feel them. We are going to do things to relearn, to friendship, to fellowship together, to be a church together, seeing the blessing and favor of God and looking to see daily people being added to us as they meet with Jesus. God bless. I'm going to pray and then we'll finish. Father, we ask you that we, we are so grateful to be a community together. You've not left us on our own, but you've put us in a family together. And now I pray, Lord Jesus, that you will help us to deepen our friendships, to broaden and deepen our fellowship, and to lead us forward as a community of your people in Kettering and Northamptonshire, that we might see your kingdom ever enlarging. In Jesus' name. Amen.